This podcast is brought to you by the Empower Her program, a 12-week gut and hormone restoration program. If you are suffering from chronic digestive and menstrual cycle issues, this may be the program for you. Go to www.sophieandkyleen.com forward slash empower her to join the waitlist. Welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the She Talks Health podcast. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, and I am so excited to be talking about the thyroid. Thyroid month is here. It's January, and I'm actually going to be taking this one on completely solo since thyroid health is something so near and dear to my heart. As a Hashimoto's warrior, I talk about and think about thyroid health so much. It's such a dense topic that I know we're going to have to have several different thyroid hormone related podcasts. So on this first part on thyroid health, we're going to cover the basics. We're going to cover the role the thyroid plays in your body, the most common associated symptoms with both hypo and hyperthyroidism, the distinction between Hashimoto and Graves' disease, and some of the root causes that could be contributing to your hypo or hyperthyroidism. So let's start with some pretty staggering statistics. It is estimated that anywhere between 20 to 60 million Americans have some form of thyroid disease. That's a lot of people. And up to 60% of those with thyroid disease don't even know they have it which is insane. And we're going to talk about why that is in a follow-up episode. And then the third thing that really just hits home for probably most people who are listening to this is that women are five to eight times more likely to have thyroid issues than men. And although there are many speculations as to why that is, um, we don't currently know the reason why women are five to eight times more likely to have thyroid issues than men. Although if I was going to put my money on anything, it would be the amount of stress that we're under and how stress impacts our thyroid. So what is the thyroid? Well, it's actually a butterfly-shaped gland that sits in the front of your neck, and it manufactures thyroid hormone, which is a small protein hormone, and it's made from tyrosine and iodine. 
to nutrients that we get from certain foods. And thyroid hormone is really your ignition switch. It's found in literally every single cell of your body. So it's so crucially important that it's working properly. It helps to stimulate the burning of calories, which I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're thinking about calories, then that is something that is helpful to you. Um, Although you know that I talk more about health building than calorie burning, but thyroid does stimulate the burning of calories and manufactures proteins. So it's really crucial. Um, It's essential for all your metabolic health. And um, I I wanted to share a little bit about my story. If you've been listening to the podcast from start to finish, you've probably already heard this part, so you can skip through. But my story is such a classic hypothyroid case that I really wanted to share it with you because it might be what you're experiencing. So I developed the autoimmune thyroid disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, about eight years ago. Now, this was after seven years of just completely diabolical diabolical gut health issues. I had been diagnosed with uh, irritable bowel syndrome or IBS at age 16, and I really wasn't given the tools necessary to correct the IBS. And so I was constantly dealing with diarrhea and constipation, alternating bloating and gas. And I had just kind of put up with that part. And what happened, the development of the thyroid was really, for me, as we talk about root causes, I'll tell you, I almost have all of them. I was in a huge amount of stress at the time of my diagnosis. I was in a relationship that was very verbally abusive, and I was constantly in that fight or flight mode that we talk about so much on the podcast. And in addition, I really had no stress coping mechanisms to speak of. I was 22 at the time, 23, and I really didn't have a system, a personal system for supporting stress. And I really had no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, Everything was crazy. Everything was chaotic. I was feeling terrible and it just spiraled out of control. And this is what it looked like when I developed this disease unknowingly at the time. I was very depressed. I um, I was very, very, very depressed, low energy fatigue, like fatigue that is just unbelievably hard to explain as if every cell in my body was misfiring and couldn't even pick things up like my handbag. And now realizing that the thyroid controls every cell in your body it makes so much sense. But at the time, I just thought that I was being lazy or that there was you know, something wrong with my mental health because I was feeling so depressed. But then what led me to the doctor was these other symptoms. So I told you about the IBS symptoms, but I also had a really weird set of symptoms. Like I was cold all the time, even in the summer, and my hair had started to fall out. And I was getting really, really worried about these strange symptoms. My nails started to break off and I had gained a lot of weight. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am today and I couldn't explain any of it. And so I I did go to the doctor and the doctor really, she looked at me and she said, you know, I think that you're just depressed and I think you should go on medication for your mental health. And that really enraged me because I knew my body and I knew that there was something deeper than just depression because I think I even said to her, look, 
I don't know, but I'm pretty sure depression doesn't make your hair fall out. So can you please run some blood work? And that was the first time that I had to advocate for myself with the physician. And I'm really glad that I did because luckily for me, my thyroid stimulating hormone did come back out of, out of range. And in this episode, we're not going to talk about all the different thyroid tests, but we will talk about that. I promise. Um, but my thyroid stimulating hormone, which is the main hormone that they run and test for in conventional blood work was showing that I was hypothyroid. So she did diagnose me with hypothyroidism and she put me on the most common medication for that, which is a synthetic thyroid hormone called levothyroxine. And so I thought I was good to go. I was like, great, fantastic. There's this thing that's diagnosable. I can take this capsule. I mean, I'm going to have to take it for the rest of my life and that sucks, but you know, at least I know the reason why I feel terrible and there's something that she can do for me. Well, I started to feel better. And about six months later, it all came crashing down again. And so I went back to her thinking, you know, I have glasses. It's the same thing. You know, every year my eyes get worse and I get a stronger prescription glasses. So it must be the same thing with my thyroid. Well, only this time when the thyroid stimulating hormone TSH came back, it was in range. And so she said to me, there's nothing else I can do for you. Your thyroid's normal. So I can't do anything. And I was shocked. And I, I, I was honestly so enraged again, because here I am going to my medical professional and she doesn't have any answers for me. And if she doesn't have any answers, then what am I supposed to do? And so this is what started my whole health journey. As most of you guys know, And I started looking and searching and doctor Googling and driving myself nuts trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Why wasn't this medication working? And that's when I found all about gut health and how that impacted Hashimoto's and how all these different things that were going on in my life could be affecting my thyroid issue and that I could have this thing called Hashimoto's, this autoimmune disease. So I will go back into my story in a second, but as you can understand, I was going through a lot. And the reason I was going through so much is because the thyroid plays such a huge role in our health. I mean, it controls our breathing and our heart rate and our nervous systems, our body weight, our muscle strength, even our menstrual cycle and body temperature and cholesterol levels are impacted by our thyroid, which is why you can understand that like so many other women and people dealing with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, I had all these symptoms and I was being directed to go to different doctors for different things. And I'm here to tell you that that is not necessarily the only option for you if you are dealing with hypothyroidism. There's a lot of holistic things that we can do. And in fact, I was able to get my thyroid completely back online. And I use levothyroxine for for support while I dealt with the underlying root causes. And once I felt stable in that, I was able to actually transition off of my thyroid medication. So it is sometimes possible, although I do want to just say that if you are on thyroid medicine, there is nothing wrong with that. And in some cases, it's actually really essential. Even some of the most renowned functional medicine doctors out there are taking thyroid medication because they caught it too late and there was too much damage to the thyroid. So please, please, in this case, don't worry if you're taking medication for this. This might be a necessary thing for you. And it it certainly can be a stopgap while you're figuring out what could be causing the thyroid issue. The important thing is to make sure you're working with somebody 
practitioner that really hears you, listens to your symptoms, you get a proper diagnosis and a full whole system, whole woman approach to supporting your thyroid. Okay. So I think we covered all of the symptoms of hypothyroidism, um, from massive fatigue to brain fog, depression, constipation is a really common one as well. And we'll talk about why that is. Um, dry skin is another big one and dry hair and hair loss I mentioned as well. And then being cold, even when it's warm out. (laughs) And I remember it would be like the summertime. I would still be cold, which is crazy. And then the brittle nails and the unexplained rapid weight gain, huge signs. Another really big sign is heavy periods. And then low libido or low sex drive is another big symptom of hypothyroidism. And finally, infertility and miscarriage is commonly associated with hypothyroidism as well. All right. So that's hypothyroidism. But I, when I was putting this episode together, I actually asked my audience what they were hoping to learn. And a bunch of people were also interested in learning about hyperthyroidism. So I want to make sure we cover all of that in this first episode. So when you have hyperthyroidism or the autoimmune disease graves, which is much less common, but still affects between three to 10 million people. So still quite a lot of people you can be dealing with the complete opposite symptoms. Things like hot flashes, sweating, unintended weight loss, frequent stools, like loose stools or diarrhea is common, difficulty sleeping and insomnia. So just the literally complete opposite, anxiety, irritability, you know, or you can also be dealing with fatigue with that as well. And then elevated heart rate, changes to your menstrual cycle again, reduced libido again, bulging eyes. Um, You can have issues with increased appetite. Some people develop osteoporosis, hand tremors, and muscle weakness. So it's kind of as if, you know, it, it makes sense when you think about how the thyroid works that when you're hyperthyroid or too much thyroid, you're overstimulated. Okay. So I think of this as like, you know, someone running around with their, their head, cut off that, you know, that's kind of like the rapid, rapid, um, way that hyperthyroidism might show up in the, in the body. Whereas hypo meaning slower, there's not enough thyroid hormone things slow down. And I want to dive into a little bit around why I keep saying Hashimoto's graves, hyper, hypo. It's very confusing for people. So I want to make sure you understand the difference. So Hashimoto's thyroiditis is the autoimmune disease of hypothyroid, and it is actually the most common autoimmune disease in this country. 97% of hypothyroid conditions are caused by Hashimoto's in the United States, okay? So that one of the main causes of actually being having the slower thyroid is the actual autoimmune disease. Okay. Now what is this autoimmune disease? Well, the body will start to impose an inappropriate kind of assault on itself when we're dealing with an autoimmune disease. And in the case of Hashimoto's thyroiditis or autoimmune hypothyroidism, the antibodies that the body creates attack and damage the thyroid gland. And I want to just go a, a layer deeper for you on this. So the way this works is there's confusion in the immune system between 
yourself and your non-self. And there's no differentiation. The immune system has gone haywire, okay? And that's when normal tissue is confused with a pathogen or what the immune system thinks is a trespasser. And the rogue immune system will start to launch basically an army attack or like a seek and destroy attack against what it thinks is a trespasser, which in this case is otherwise healthy tissue in the thyroid. And any autoimmune disease, this is what's going on. It just depends on what part of the body it's going to attack, okay? And so with Hashimoto's, we're dealing with an attack on the thyroid tissue that is suppressing thyroid function and making everything slow down. Okay, so the opposite, as some people say, is Graves' disease, which accounts for 60 to 80% of all hyperthyroid cases. So again, a really high number of this hyperthyroidism is caused by the autoimmune disease. And like I said, it's, it's considered like the opposite of Hashimoto's. And I guess that makes sense because it's true that Hashimoto's is the autoimmune hypo and Graves is the autoimmune hyper. But in a sense, the conditions are the same because they're both autoimmune. And so what you do to support them are very similar. So when I talk about support systems for the thyroid, they don't necessarily have to change and shift depending on your official diagnosis, in my opinion. Um, okay, so we do want to make sure that we're supporting you um, with whichever autoimmune or whatever diagnosis is going on. Um, and there are there are some cases being shown that the body can switch back and forth between hypo and hyper graves and, and Hashimoto's. And that really makes you feel crazy where it's this push-pull scenario where the antibodies show up um, in the presence of both conditions. And it's like you have one foot on the gas, the go, 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 the hyperthyroidism where, you know, you're, you're dealing with that burning through the nutrients too fast. The energy metabolism is sped up. And then there's also this one foot on the brakes of that hypothyroidism where everything's slowed down. And this actually happened to me. So as I told you guys, about nine years ago, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism. And I was dealing with all those symptoms I mentioned to you. But then about three years ago, under a period of extreme stress, again, this is the the, the thing that always happens is the stress, right? Um, I started rapidly losing a ton of weight. And I started to have kind of panic attack type of anxiety and more racing hearts and insomnia issues. And I remember thinking at the time, <laughs> I must be crazy. Why is this happening to me? I, this is exactly the opposite of everything that I've experienced. And so I want you to know that if this is going on for you and you think you're switching back and forth, you're not crazy. And there is hope as to what to do. And I'm going to go through all of that in part two where I talk about solutions. But before I get to solutions, I really think it's important to talk about some of the common causes of, of a thyroid issue. And remember, many of the issues for low thyroid hormone are the same for high th thyroid hormone. So I'm just going to go through some of the most common causes. So when we think about the general concept of the thyroid not working properly, especially in the case of hypothyroidism, 
we're talking about an inadequate production of thyroid hormone. And that can be happened for a lot of reasons. Either it's not being created, it's not being converted or absorbed. And there's a million things in between that could cause this to happen. So I'm just going to pick out the ones that are the most common. One of the biggest reasons why people have thyroid issues is related to cortisol production. And cortisol is our main stress hormone created in the adrenal glands. And high cortisol and high corticotropin-releasing hormone both stop thyroid-stimulating production, hormone production, okay? Stop the thyroid from creating the hormone it needs. And it slows down the conversion process of a hormone called T4 to T3. And we need that. So T4 must be converted to T3 in order for the thyroid to be activated, okay? In order for it to get into our cells and for us to actually use the thyroid, our body needs to convert from T4 to T3. And stress actually slows that conversion process down as well as completely slowing down and stopping in some cases the production of the original TSH hormone. So zooming out, that means that if we're under an immense amount of mental emotional stress, that could be causing an issue downstream on the thyroid. But in my practice, I don't just focus on the mental emotional stress, although that's very, very important and is definitely showed up in my personal case of developing this disease. But we also have to think about the internal stressors, okay? So that's toxins and nutrient deficiencies and issues in the gut and in the liver. So let's dive into some of those. One big one that I just spoke about in one of the previous episodes with Arden Martin is personal care products, home products, things that are caused causing endocrine problems. So these are called endocrine disrupting chemicals, and they're often known as xenoestrogens. These are things like the persistent organic pollutants, like industrial chemicals, dioxins, PCBs, and they affect our thyroid in many ways. One of the ways is that they damage the thyroid by reducing the output of that T4 which again, you need to convert into T3, which is the active thyroid hormone. It also will impair the ability to absorb iodine, which I mentioned earlier is a necessary building block for you to create thyroid hormone in the first place. And another way that these endocrine disrupting chemicals can disrupt the thyroid is that they actually disrupt what's called the HPT axis. And that is the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis. And they're linked even to thyroid cancers. We also know that BPA causes estrogen dominance, which is yet another root cause for thyroid issues. So there's so much here. And if you are curious about these xenoestrogens, you want to go back to the episode where I talked to Arden Martin about some of the products that you can use in order to really start to reduce these endocrine disrupting chemicals. Okay, so running right along here on the most common causes of low thyroid hormone, we 
also know, like I mentioned, that estrogen dominance prevents the thyroid hormone from being able to get into thyroid receptors. So we don't have time in this episode to go through all of the reasons why you could be estrogen dominant, but one of the main issues is these endocrine disrupting chemicals that are known as xenoestrogens. So really looking into those personal care products, those home products, like I mentioned, and that are described in the episode with Arden Martin might be a good place to start. And maybe getting a Dutch test to see if you are in fact estrogen dominant. That's something that I work with a lot of women on um, because it's very common to be estrogen dominant. Okay. So some other causes or causal factors, contributing factors for thyroid disease might be nutrition, nutrition, <laughs> nutrient deficiencies like selenium, iodine, vitamin D, even certain amino acids. And let's just take iodine, for example. We know that iodine is an essential building block for thyroid hormones. So no iodine equals no thyroid hormone. Without it, the thyroid can become enlarged. You can develop what's called a goiter. And that's in in an attempt to absorb as much iodine as possible. Now, this is considered quite rare in Western culture to be iodine deficient because of iodized salt, but there have been a couple of recent studies that have shown that this deficiency is now back on the rise. So we do want to be mindful of what are we putting into our mouths? Are we eating foods that are rich in selenium and iodine, vitamin D? Are we getting enough sun for our vitamin D needs? Um, and so and so on and so forth. So making sure you're actually eating a whole foods diet that's rich in nutrients that are thyroid supporting can be very, very helpful. And then we also have to look at, is there poor conversion of T4 to the active T3 hormone? And this can happen because there's issues in the gut, there's issues in the liver, there's about a million reasons why there could be bad conversion, Um, there could be something blocking the conversion. So looking into those roots is really, really important. That's something that I would really highly encourage. And starting with your gut health and your liver health might be really, really supportive. So that could look like maybe you try some castor oil packs, or maybe you try some sauna or maybe you get some testing to see if your thyroid um, is, sorry, if your gut and your liver need that support. Okay. And then we know autoimmune thyroiditis and Graves disease are the most common conditions that actually cause low and, and high hyperthyroid and hypothyroidism. So why do we develop autoimmune disease? Well, the immune system is dysregulated, as I was speaking about earlier. And well, why does that happen? We know that stress and gut issues are at play. So again, we're going back into leak to gut. And we know that leaky gut or intestinal hyperpermeability is yet another cause of the thyroid. So if you are getting stumped and you you know you have a thyroid condition or you suspect you have a thyroid condition and you have tried a bunch of stuff and you haven't looked at the gut, it might be a good place to go to. And there's been several studies that have linked things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and H. pylori. So these are infections and overgrowth in the gut to thyroid issues. And so we do know that there's a connection there. And just speaking from personal experience, when I met with my functional doctor way back when, I think it was eight or nine years ago now, he basically looked me square in the eye and said, look, your thyroid condition is being caused by 
several things, but the main reason is your gut health because you're not absorbing food and things aren't working properly. And if you're not absorbing the nutrients your thyroid needs, it's going to get dysregulated. And if there's inflammation, it's going to get dysregulated. And if you can't create enough thyroid hormone, you're going to have problem. Um, and so he really worked with me deeply on restoring my gut health over three months, which is something that I do as a first step in every single program, basically across the board when I'm working with someone on their hormones, because we just know how much the gut impacts our hormones. Okay. And that's actually one of the reasons I developed the 12 week empower, empower her group program, the gut hormone restoration program with Kylene Terhune, because we were experiencing her as a gut health professional and me as a hormone health professional, we were realizing that all of our, all the symptoms were the same for the women that were coming to us. And it was because they were, they weren't really working with both at the same time. And so I'm just such a big, big reason. This is such a big reason why we want to look into, you know, the gut and, um, a couple, like if this is related to the gut, but also related to another causal trigger or something we know is associated with the development of thyroid issues is actually hormonal birth control. And I'm specifically bringing this one up because I think it's really important to know the connection here, but also because someone in my community actually asked. And it's interesting too, because I was on hormonal birth control when I developed Hashimoto's. And so we see that there are just so many causal factors, but maybe some of these are starting to hit home and you're like, wow, that then maybe that could be me. I should do some more investigating. So let's talk about how hormonal birth control actually does affect the thyroid. And there's actually several mechanisms at play here. We know that hormonal birth control can be very inflammatory and it can contribute to immune dysfunction and can even cause leaky gut. All three things of these will contribute to thyroid dysregulation. In order for your thyroid to work properly, you're going to need that T4, right? The thyroxine hormone to convert to T3. I mentioned that before a couple of times. And in order for our cells to be able to actually use thyroid hormone, we need that conversion to happen. And that conversion happens in our gut and our liver as two of the main areas in our body, okay? But if your gut is inflamed or your liver is taxed, because you've been on hormonal birth control, then you could have a lot of issues with that conversion process, okay? In addition, we know that hormonal birth control can deplete some vital nutrients such as B12 and B6 and folate, selenium and zinc. And selenium and zinc especially are crucial for thyroid to function properly, okay? So that's another way that it impacts the thyroid. And it becomes this cyclical problem because if you can't make enough thyroid hormone because your gut is screwed up, because you're on hormonal birth control, then your thyroid thyroid won't work properly, okay? And one of the effects of your thyroid being low is actually low stomach acid, which is called hydrochloric acid. And Additionally, the thyroid supports proper gallbladder function and peristalsis, which is, you know, the contraction and release of the movement of your bowels. So this is one of the main reasons why women with thyroid conditions also face gut issues and why women on hormonal birth control might be dealing with both. On top of all of this, we know that the pill can raise thyroid binding globulin, TBG, 
And once your thyroid hormone is bound to TBG, it's not actually available for you to use by your cells. And finally, because birth control can be so very inflammatory, it tells your adrenal glands to push out high amounts of the stress hormone cortisol to lower that inflammation. And that can just be too much for the body over a long period of time. Eventually, the brain and the adrenal glands can stop talking in a way that's effective for the body. And we know that when there's too much cortisol, we have issues with the thyroid. So all of these reasons are why, to answer the person's question who had messaged me on Instagram, why hormonal birth control could be affecting your thyroid. And in fact, in my case, I was on hormonal birth control. I was actually on um, the ring, the, the Nuva ring, when I developed Hashimoto's. And after I dealt with dealing with my gut health and changing my diet and lifestyle, my functional doctor said, okay, so here's, let's talk about maintenance. And he said, one thing you might want to consider is actually coming off the pill. And he explained all of this to me. And, you know, it was just honestly a no brainer because I had put so much work into transforming my health and I had felt so amazing that I didn't want anything else to stand in my way. And it's such a personal decision to come off of the pill and it's not right for everyone, you know, to be on it or to be off of it. But I want you guys to have the facts around how it could be affecting your thyroid if that's something that you're looking to address. All right, well, we'll wrap everything up with two last big causal factors or contributing factors to thyroid health. And we know that gluten and other inflammatory foods like dairy, um, sugar, soy, all of these have been shown to have an impact on inflammation, okay? And inflammation can cause issues with the immune system being destabilized and eventually the development of autoimmune disease, okay? Which we've already established is the main cause of hyper and hypothyroidism. And gluten in particular has been shown to... Um, have a rise in antibodies for thyroid. So a gluten-free diet has been shown in studies to reduce those antibodies. And antibodies are what we use to diagnose the thyroid condition in the first place. So in people with patients with celiac disease, we know that a gluten-free diet actually helped to reduce those thyroid antibodies and reduce the attack basically on the thyroid. So that, for that reason, one of the main things that I um, have taken out of my diet dealing with Hashimoto's autoimmune disease is gluten. And I found that soy and dairy were other inflammatory foods for me as well, and they were contributing to the issue I was having with my thyroid. And last but certainly not least, we always want to mention a next level approach, which is stealth infections like Epstein-Barr virus. We know that infections may play a role in autoimmune thyroid disease, and specifically EBV or Epstein-Barr virus has been shown to be a possible cause of Hashimoto's disease. And we know that this is a really common virus and it can lay dormant for many months and years, but if the virus is reactivated, it can trigger or worsen thyroid disease. And from a holistic perspective, the best support for EBV is supporting the immune system and maybe considering natural antivirals such as zinc, selenium, and vitamin D. But of course, before you took any supplements, you would want to make sure you work with a practitioner or a provider that you trust that can be looking at your whole body and all of its systems. 
And I know that this is a lot to take in, so please refer back to the blog post on this thyroid topic. We're going to be continuing to dive into this topic, and we're going to be covering things like what tests are necessary and what do they mean for thyroid support, and what are some of the holistic and medical approaches to supporting your thyroid so that you can take a step towards healing or health and building up your thyroid while having all of the information. I know that this can feel really overwhelming, especially if you're in the midst of having thyroid issues. You might be feeling really tired, depressed, and brain foggy. And I know when I was dealing with that, the last thing I had any motivation to do was to help myself. So if this is feeling like too much and you are finally ready to draw a line in the sand and get some support, please feel free to always reach out to me. I have an open DM policy on Instagram. I'm at SheTalksHealth. I know what it feels like to be where you are and I've got your back. So just reach out to me if you guys need anything. And um, please always feel free to drop me any questions that you might have that you want me to address on the podcast as well. I love that. Let me know if this podcast has been helpful to you. And I really sincerely hope that there was something in here that you can use to better your health, support your hormones, and support your thyroid. Until next time, this is Sophie Shepard, founder of She Talks Health, signing off. I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.